Welcome to Common Ground, a talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in Berlin and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Serhati Nelson. Germany's top court has reignited a battle over how to protect renters in Germany. Senior producer Dina El-Sayed explains. The implications of the constitutional court decision to end the Mietendeckel, or rent cap, in Berlin are stark. A turbulent time and a severe setback is how Berlin's Senator for Urban Development and Housing Sebastian Scheel described the loss of the measure affecting many city apartments that were supposed to last for five years. It certainly isn't good for Berlin's 365,000 tenants whose rents were temporarily reduced under the cap. Not only are their rents going up to the original amounts in their contracts, but under the ruling, landlords are entitled to back payments from them. The Berlin Senate recently announced it would provide interest-free loans to tenants who were struggling to pay their back rent or who cannot afford their new, higher rents. While property owners across Germany lauded the court's decision denying individual states the right to impose rent caps, some landlords in Berlin expressed sympathy towards renters. One major landlord, Vonovia, stated it is waiving the back rent for its tenants. But another major landlord, Deutsche Wohnen, whose stocks jumped 6% following the ruling, said it wants the tenants to pay the back rent they owe. The real estate group added, however, that, quote, no tenant will lose their home as a result of the decision. Meanwhile, the cost of housing in Berlin and elsewhere is rapidly climbing. Public broadcaster RBB cited an Immobilien Scout 24 report on purchase prices for homes going up more than 5% in the first three months of this year across Germany. The upswing is prompting more calls from this renter majority nation for a federal rent cap. That's something the court did not rule out, MP Carrie Lai of the left party told fellow German lawmakers in late April. She added she would fight for a federal rent freeze. Meanwhile, frustration is mounting in Berlin. Hours after the ruling, thousands of Berliners showed up at Hermannplatz in a spontaneous protest making it clear that for Berlin renters, the fight for affordable housing is not over. That was senior producer Dina El-Sayed. Joining me via Zoom to talk about what's next in the affordable housing debate are Venka Christoph, State Secretary in the Berlin Senate Department for Urban Development and Housing, economist Konstantin Khaladilin of the German Institute for Economic Research in Berlin, and Kalle Kunkel, a Berlin activist with a campaign, Expropriate Deutsche Wohnen and Company. Welcome to you all. Hi, nice to be Thanks here. Thanks for the invitation. Hi. Konstantin, it wasn't too long ago that you and I were talking on the show about affordable housing and the implications of the rent cap. Did the court ruling come as a surprise to you? No, not really. I mean, of course, I wasn't sure about how high were the chances of it being revoked. There was pretty high probability that it would be, and uh, everybody recognized it. So, Venka, what about the city government? Was it actually prepared for the negative ruling? I mean, many of the officials that we spoke to were saying the court would uphold the rent cap, or at least that's what they were predicting. Yeah, exactly. I think before the court ruling, the field was wide open, and there were very different opinions. There were, of course, opinions that said 
it's not going to be um, ruled constitutional by the constitutional court, but there were also plenty of opinions that said there was a reform of federalism in 2006 and that gave the federal states the power to rule in, uh, in the field of housing and including um, the regulation of rents. And so to answer your question, the Berlin government was checking the different options. Of course, we were mainly actually focusing on implementing the rent cap because it's, you don't just implement a law and then everything works. But um, like it's a step-by-step -step process where you build the administration around it to regulate, to control and so on. So that was our main focus. We were following, of course, the court proceedings. We were part of the proceedings preparing our answers, but um, it was not easy um, or for no one was easy to predict how the court would rule. What we were prepared to do was to react quickly, which we are doing with the safe housing or affordable housing help that we implemented within a week after the court decision. And that was our focus to react quickly. So do you think that the court ruling made it harder for the city to try and create affordable rents and housing for Berliners? I mean, is, is this sort of tying your hands? It is in a way. On the one hand, we are kind of back to square one. We are back to a situation of maybe one and a half or two years ago, where we have the instruments that are available to us by the federal laws that are regulating like the frame of what we can do in the city in terms of regulating rents, but mainly it is federal law. And we are, of course, taking up our responsibility there to regulate and to enforce these existing laws that are existing, like the rent break and so on in the city. But we are aware, of course, of the problems that we see in these regulations, that the rent break is not really a rent break, but in some cases it's even enabling um, rising rents. And that we are back to the situation that a lot of people are really afraid of how they're going to be able to afford their rents in the city. And um, they were like, in the last couple of days, plenty of new offers in, uh, in like the platforms like Immobilien Scout and so on, like with really excessive rents, like 20 euros per square meter and so on for, uh, you know, it was not about newly built apartments. So we are back to the problems, we are back to the instruments, but we are not stopping our engagement here. Um, so we are thinking about um, different instruments that we can implement and that, um, the, that are not touched by the ruling of the court. But of course, the court, from, to my, from my perspective, clearly said, okay, regulating rents is something that needs to be done on the federal level. And I think politically that means there needs to be more pressure and more legislation for tenants on the federal level. And I think that's going to be something that Berlin and other cities can and should engage in. Kala, what does the court decision mean to your efforts in terms of expropriation? Yeah, first of all, um, we appreciated very much that uh, the government tried to do this law of the rent cap. And we didn't saw that this is something that stands against each other, like either you have the expropriation or you have the rent cap, because we saw that the rent cap can be one uh, first step. And we also saw that this initiative of doing this rent cap and to also this experimental legislation process was uh, a first success of our campaign because uh, we get this response from a lot of politicians that our campaign was one of the uh, that pushed uh, the politicians to to do such a regulation and so we always saw that like uh, two pillars of the process of getting affordable housing in um, in berlin but since the rent cap is gone 
we gain a lot of uh, support now for our campaign because the Berliners see that there is still this crisis and now there's one tool put out of their hand and they see now the option that the socialization of, um, of these uh, big uh, profit-oriented companies uh, is a further option to do it. We see on the street that the people are really angry, that the people see uh, that there are now flats again on the market for 20 euros, 25 euros a square meter, that that will not uh, solve the, the housing crisis in Berlin. And so uh, for our campaign, we would have wished uh, that the rent cap uh, will stay, but for us, uh, it shows now that uh, we gain uh, more energy in our campaign through that decision. Well, you talk about more energy on the street. I'm wondering if you're getting more support from the Berlin government, because when we spoke to them about this issue, I guess it was at this point a couple months ago, officials were saying that it costs more to expropriate than to build affordable housing or impose regulations like the rent cap. So now that the meat and deckel for Berlin is gone, are they more supportive of your efforts? Or are you still doing this as a popular movement rather than one that's supported by the government? First of all, we have a very differentiated uh, reaction from the government. I mean, the government consists of three parties, and uh, the Linke is supporting the campaign. The Greens are, in principle, supporting the campaigns and have a few uh, like questions about it. Uh, and the SPD is very split up about the questions. Like we have the leadership that says uh, no to it till now, but we get a lot of support from the basis. Uh, of the SPD. So it's not so easy to say that the government is against it or something, but it's a dynamic situation. And um, of course, uh, for the SPD leadership, it was a, a very strong argument to say, now we have something of our own, the rent cap, so we don't need the discussion about um, socialization. And now we have, they have to look uh, how, they, how they deal with this new situation, but we, till now we don't have a reaction from the uh, leadership of the SPD, but still we have a lot of support from the SPD uh, rank and file. Uh, but I want to say, uh, make a point to the first point you said that expropriation or socialization would cost so much and don't create new houses. This is not an argument because we showed uh, accountings that it is possible to make the socialization and the paying for that that you have to, to do when you socialize and that you can finance this over the years through the rent that we gain. So I don't see this point of uh, discussing socialization against uh, building new affordable housing. Constantine, a new survey from the housing portal Immobilien Scout 24 shows that purchase prices for homes, for condominiums across Germany are continuing to rise at a significant rate, 5.2% in the first quarter of 2021. With the meat and deckle gone, do you expect that upward trend to continue or even escalate? Well, concerning the purchase prices, um, I would say it depends because on the one hand, this um, price increase was caused by the shortage of supply, but also a lot of speculation has been added to this initial shock, demand shock. But uh, whether this will continue is a big question because the, first of all, each bubble, each uh, housing price boom has its end. It can last for years, but sometime it will end. And if the situation will develop like it is uh, now, I mean that uh, the migration will go down as it happened for example in the last year almost to zero in big cities 
then of course uh, I, I cannot expect that uh, such a development will be uh, sustainable. So in a couple of years it can end and the prices will stagnate. Uh, talking about um, rental prices, we observed already that prior to the introduction of Mittendeckel or rental freeze, in some big cities, the rent started to stagnate, in particular in Berlin, so even before February 2020, and also in, in Munich. But in general, rental prices have been growing at a much slower pace than the purchasing prices. So do you think the government uh, in Berlin should do anything about these escalating costs? Yes, but not in the way it, uh, it has been done before. I mean, I said it already many, many times that uh, by freezing rents, we cannot arrive at the desired end. Well, for some people, yes, but uh, for most people, probably not. Because rent freeze, it uh, can effectively freeze rents for, for the sitting tenants, but uh, all people who want to move in Berlin or within Berlin, they will suffer from this decision. So I would rather suggest to use uh, supply side methods on the one hand, so methods that allow people to build more of uh, the housing, so to facilitate the construction by providing building plots and uh, by facilitating the uh, provision of building permits. On the other hand, we can also help the tenants by supporting their incomes, which is already has been done. I mean, in form of uh, one geld reform, the reform of housing allowances that are now linked to inflation, and therefore they automatically increase with uh, the overall price increases, not like in the past when people had to wait for five, ten years before the housing allowances were adjusted to the new price levels. So I think that uh, the government already has enough instruments to affect the situation without having to get use of uh, such drastic measures as, uh, as rent control. Kalle, you wanted to add something? I see a problem in the debate about if we just see the question of do we create more affordable housing? I mean, when we see what the, what the private profit-orientated companies are doing, they destroy affordable housing. They destroy it. Companies like Achelius, they buy flats, they buy houses which are affordable, and in the moment the, the tenant moves out, they do excessive modernization, and then it comes back on the market for 20 euros. This is the question we have to talk about. This is not only about like we have to create new buildings, we have to do that in a growing city, we have to do that, but it's about saving the existing stock of affordable housing. And the question of Wohngeld, I mean, Deutsche Wohnen, put uh, money on the market for their shareholders of 350 million euros. And I don't see the idea that it's the solution that the taxpayers shall pay for the rent for these houses, and then this payment goes into the, uh, the shares of the shareholders. Venka, who's right here? I mean, do you agree with what Kalle is saying or does Konstantin have a point? I mean, do you have enough tools at your disposal to help mitigate the escalation or abuses even of housing prices? Well, let me say that what Kalle is pointing out that this is some phenomenon we've been seeing for the last couple of years in the city that there are some 
rent increases that are clearly not relying on modernization or like um, normal, you know, rise of rise of rents because market prices are rising or building costs are rising, but they are rising because it's possible and because people need to have a flat and because some people really want to make a profit out of it and because they can. And I think this is where regulation is necessary and where there are some instruments, but where before the rent cap, we clearly said these instruments are not enough. And that is a task for the Berlin government, but also for the federal government to sharpen these tools and to see how we can regulate. However, I don't want to put regulation versus building new flats, uh, like two options, and you have to decide for one or the other. I think we need both. And we also need the existing support systems that Konstantin was mentioning, like Wohngeld, like uh, rent subsidies and so on. But these cannot uh, substitute regulations on the side of uh, the level of rents. I think we cannot just say, okay, rents are rising because some people want to make a profit. And so we just uh, subsidize rents so that they can actually make the profit or can make more profit. I think that's also not the right position for a state, but we have to also look on the regulation of the level of rents. So I think we need to have these three elements to it. Uh, rent subsidies and support for our tenants. We have to have regulation on the on the level of rents and to stop the spiraling up of the rents in the city. And third, we of course need to build new flats for new Berliners and for, for people who want to move and who need to move because our lives are changing. We need a smaller flat, we need a bigger flat. And this is something that we've been seeing that people are afraid actually to move because any place that they rent is just gonna be way more expensive than the place that we're living in for most people. And we have actually achieved a lot when it comes to newly building flats. Um, in the last couple of years, We've started like a really big push towards new residential buildings that are finished that um, also include a lot of affordable housing built by the public housing companies of Berlin. And um, we are building more flats each year since like many, many years before, like since the 1990s. We've not built that many flats that we, we've been building now in the last two, three years. So we are on the way there to um, work on the supply side, but we also have to sharpen the instruments on the regulation side. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will talk about what renters in Berlin can do if they are struggling as a result of the constitutional court ruling, as well as the prospects for a national meet and deckle or rent cap. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, I'm Maurice Frank, editor of the Berliner Zeitung English Edition, which is a proud partner of Common Ground. Is it hard for you to figure out what's going on in Berlin because everything you read or hear is in German? We at Berliner Zeitung English Edition can help, providing you with all the news you can use in English, whether on politics, business or culture. We also offer riveting interviews and commentary. Look for us at berliner-zei. Tung.de/en, or just type in Berlina Zeitung English Edition into your search engine. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, the host of Common Ground, and I'm Dina El Sayed, the senior producer. Each week, we bring you a new, lively discussion on a hard-hitting topic. If you want to learn more about our podcast, check out our website at commongroundberlin.com. The episodes are free to download, but they aren't free to create. 
Common Ground depends on grants as well as donations from listeners like you. So if you want to help us out, please click on the donate button at commongroundberlin.com. And thanks for listening. Democracy. I'm Rachel Tausendfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground. I'm Soraya Sirhadi Nelson, and joining me via Zoom to talk about the repercussions of the controversial Mietendeckel being struck down are Berlin State Secretary Wenke Christoph, economist Konstantin Khaladilin, and Berlin housing activist Kalle Kunkel. Wenke, we heard in Dina's story about the interest-free loans that the Berlin government is providing to tenants who are struggling with back payments or higher rent. Can you give us some more details about that and other government provisions protecting renters or landlords, for that matter, since the court ruling? Of course. So from day zero, like from the day of the decision of the Constitutional Court, we started to uh, completely um, change the website of our administration on rent cap. We scrapped all the previous information and we're putting in everyday new information on what renters, what tenants or what landlords can expect, how they should deal with the situation and what they can do um, to solve situations. Um, like I think one of the most important questions people are asking is, as a tenant, do I have to wait for something my landlord is sending me as a letter, like whether I have to pay uh, some back payments or something? And also some of the landlords are asking that. So um, these are some of the questions we are answering also in collaboration or in, with some of the tenant organizations where, that we are in contact with and also in contact with uh, other administrations in the Berlin government. For example, those that are heading or coordinating the job centers and the welfare institutions that are um, ready and informed to um, take up their role when it comes to back payments for people who receive welfare, who receive hearts fear, or are uh, receiving some welfare payments because they are um, uh, they're registered refugees, for example. For those people, it's quite clear that these existing welfare systems are supporting them when it comes to back payments. Um, these are just calculated and then reimbursed or directly paid to the landlords. However, people should contact their landlords and ask whether they have to do some back payments, whether or not, because some of the landlords are saying like they don't want back payments, they just want the higher rent from next month or something. So please contact your landlords. Um, then you were mentioning the safe housing um, loans that we're giving out, that we are focusing on people who are not in the spectrum of receiving welfare, but who are just, you know, people who are, who maybe have a job or are students, but cannot afford back payments of like 1,000 euro, 2,000 euro, something that uh, have built up over the last year because they maybe had um, a rental contract with so-called shadow rent. Um, and that is adding up every month. 
so they can apply for the loans and we are building up the systems here in the administration to quickly decide on these loans and uh, transfer the money to people so that they are not in danger of receiving uh, a termination in their rental contract because they are late paying back these back payments. So I urge everyone to check with their landlords as quickly as possible. And then if they need help to check our website to apply, it's quite easy. We have a couple of uh, applications that uh, arrived at the administration already in the last couple of days. And um, so it's quite easy to do it. You don't need a week and plenty of uh, documents to do it because we want to help quickly. We are also working on a, on a decision or on a procedure that people who are not able to um, pay back these loans, that we find procedures and ways and criteria so that these loans can be changed into um, grants that don't need to be refunded or partly changed into grants. So this is something we're working on now. What about evictions? If, for example, the tenants do not pay back the back payment or they do not pay the increased rent and they don't apply for the money that's being made available right now, I mean, is there any sort of stop to evictions or are you seeing an increase or expecting an increase? Well, we hope we can get in front of that, that we don't um, need to talk about evictions. That's the main goal of these um, loans, of these safe housing loans that we don't have to see any kind of termination of contracts and then worse that people have to leave their flats. So this is the first step um, that where we want to be quick and we are also urging tenants to be quick. And um, we will of course see how also the Senate can then help in other cases and the next steps. Constantine, there's obviously talk about a federal rent cap, which many feel the court ruling gives a green light to. What do you think about its prospects in this election year? Well, <laughs> let's see next time whether my prediction will fulfill. But honestly, I don't think that it has um, high chances of being implemented. The fact that the uh, rental freeze in Berlin was ruled out by the Constitutional Court, it says already, well, it uh, doesn't mean that the uh, uh, federal regulation like this cannot be approved, by, but it shows that the decision, the, its justification alone shows that uh, not only the federal states have no rights of introducing such, such regulations, but also that federal regulations are already sufficient to provide um, assistance to the tenants. Because if you open the uh, the justification of the Constitutional Court, you will see a list of new reforms that had been conducted in this area in the last few years. You'll see that mid-price prenzo, which is the rental break, the regulation introduced six years ago was made strict. It was prolonged for the next five years. In addition, the so-called Mitspiegel or standard rents, they are now based not on the four year, but on the last six years information. It means that the rent increases allowed under rental break will be stricter than before. I already mentioned uh, the reform of housing allowances. So all in all, I think, and the Constitutional Court also thinks that this uh, assistance is quite sufficient. Moreover, if you look at um, the uh, events in the last year, you will see that uh, similar attempts to introduce uh, Rent freeze were conducted in other federal states. For example, in Bavaria, there was a failed attempt to organize a referendum about introduction of rental break, but it failed. 
So is there a country that's getting it right, though? I mean, the federal rent cap, or I should say the Berlin rent cap, and the Mietbremse, and all these things have had issues. And obviously, renters, you know, Kala expressed a lot of frustration that a lot of people are feeling uh, in Berlin, and I'm sure across Germany, where the prices are all skyrocketing. And people don't want to see, you know, what's happening, for example, in San Francisco or New York to happen here, because no one's going to be able to afford to live in cities anymore. So is there a country or a place that's actually doing it right, you think, or that we could maybe learn from or take some of their programs or their measures uh, to help make a more sane, shall we say, uh, housing situation? Well, if I may, because I analyzed quite a few countries, actually almost all countries in the world, that the uh, rental housing market uh, regulations. Honestly speaking, I mean, each country is looking at each other. But, uh, Germany, for example, is uh, a kind of benchmark for many countries. So if you look, for example, at uh, Spain, they, at France, but also UK, they're always using Germany as a reference. So in a sense, Germany is, uh, Germany, Austria, in general, German speaking countries are kind of uh, benchmark for many other countries. And uh, until now, I mean, until introduction of rental freeze, it was really a nice example to follow because Germany has uh, a very well-functioning or used to have very well-functioning housing rental market with a very high share, about uh, 50% of uh, households were and still are tenants or renters. And housing market is not stigmatized as it is in many Anglo-Saxon countries, I mean, rental housing market. So uh, I would say that Germany is uh, is a good example of a moderate or has been a good example of a moderate uh, rental market policy that allowed the uh, rental market to function quite effectively. Whether it uh, will continue, that's another question. But I think until now, Germany was on the right track. Kala, what do you think about a federal rent cap? I mean, you mentioned the two pillars before when you were speaking about the Berlin meat and deckle. So what about a federal one? Is that something that you think can bring relief to renters across Germany and in Berlin? Yes, of course. And I think it's necessary. Uh, And there's a big majority in the population that also thinks so. And what the court ruled was a question of competence. It was only about the question if the federal state has the right to do stuff in this area. They also didn't rule about if they find it sufficient, but only as if they find the, the rules that are on the national level sufficient, they only ruled about the question that the lawmaker sees them as complete. This is what they say, truly. They didn't say anything about it enough or it's sufficient or anything. And when I see the effect of the Mietpreisbremse in Berlin, after the Mietpreisbremse uh, was installed in 2015, we had in the first years actually a further increase in the rent. So uh, the Mietpreisbremse is definitely not enough. We need a freeze and we need the stuff what we see as uh, on the federal level here in, in Berlin. Uh, that uh, at that places where uh, the the prices already skyrocketed, uh, we have also to bring them down again. So uh, yes, I think with this decision of the constitutional court, I think this decision was the beginning of a big debate about a rent cap or rent freeze on the national level, and this will be one of the topics 
that will be on the election in the September on the, for the national parliament. Let me ask one question, one last question of all of you, and uh, ask that you keep the answer as short as possible, even though it's a big question. But I'm wondering if each of you can describe what you think the housing market will look like in Berlin five years from now. In terms of renters, in terms of the property owners, you know, the landlords themselves, and the city's ability to regulate it. And Venka, I'll start with you. All right, that's a, that's a big question. Well, I would say like the housing market in the city in five years, hopefully, because it's going to be at the end of the next electoral term. We are also starting this year um, then in Berlin with the Berlin elections. I hope that the housing market in Berlin is going to be more relaxed, so to say, that we can find regulations as well as finding um, ways to build um, additional flats and that these flats are affordable, but that we've also started to build flats and neighborhoods that are green, that are um, ecological, because this is going to be like the next transformative step in urban development and in housing, in not only in Berlin, but in every city. We need to look at the housing stock and see how we can renovate it. And I think that in Berlin, we can start into this process and that it needs to be both ecological and socially affordable. And maybe to add one point to the previous debate that is important to me when we were talking about the constitutional court and its ruling in this case, I want to remind remind everyone of a previous ruling um, two years ago, I think, on the rent break, the Constitutional Court also said that the regulation of rents in order to stop gentrification, for example, or expulsion of renters that are that have lower incomes is totally okay. And this is why we need rent regulation. And therefore, I think there's very different rulings from the Constitutional Court that we can also build upon. Um, in the coming political debates and uh, and battles also of tenants um, for better regulation on the federal level. Konstantin, what do you think the housing market's going to look like in Berlin five years from now? Well, it depends a lot. And it's uh, quite likely that uh, given the aging population, given what we have experienced during the last year with the pandemic, the demand will be uh, to a large extent diverted toward uh, suburbs so that the demand pressure will not be that uh, high as it used to be in the last years. So I expect that the the pressure will diminish and therefore both rental prices will uh, stabilize and uh, the uh, housing shortage will go down. Kala, what do you think? Since I think that our um, campaign will be um, successful, I think that we're going to have something around 50% of the whole housing uh, in a social economy so that we are able and in a public control so that we will be able to uh, really democratic negotiate about the question how to shape uh, the city in the next years uh, socially, ecologically, um, and for example, by transport issues. Uh, And so uh, by doing that, uh, we will be a city Uh, where it's clear that speculation is not worth to do it, and that will um, uh, give the possibility to uh, also um, have new houses and construct new houses uh, with affordable prices without paying speculation prices for the land and everything. 
That was Kalle Kunkel, a Berlin activist with the campaign Expropriate Deutsche Wohnen Company. My other guests were Wenke Christoph, State Secretary in the Berlin Senate Department for Urban Development and Housing, and economist Konstantin Chaladelin of the German Institute for Economic Research in Berlin. Thanks to you all for being on Common Ground. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks. And thank you for listening. Please join us on Mondays for new episodes of Common Ground. Our senior producer is Dina El-Sayed, and I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Our program is made possible through a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy. Thank you also to our partners, Berliner Zeitung English Edition and the German Marshall Fund. You can download all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, commongroundberlin.com. 